Here at the Holy Hive Show, we consider ourselves to be a jolly, wholesome group of people, but we feel the need to remind you, the listener, that our show does contain uh, strong language. We tend to discuss adult themes, and every now and then we'll take part in the occasional satanic ritual. So, you know, please use discretion. Thank you. Welcome to the Holy Hive Show, the official podcast of HolyHiveUtah.com. I'm Jordan Delacruz here with Dan Lawler. And what we do here is talk about community, culture, and all things interesting to Utahns. Today on the show, we're going to be doing uh, something to put focus on local businesses. Um, as the holidays approach, we want to encourage our listeners to shop locally. So we've thrown together a guide that will connect you with local retailers and help keep your money in your community. Stick around for that and more today on the Holy Hive Show. Hey guys, just cutting in to tell you about the newly launched HolyHiveUtah.com. It's our website where you can find all our blog, podcast, and video content. This week, we're running our 2020 Small Business Bible, where you can connect with tons of small businesses for your holiday shopping and keep that money close to home. To celebrate the launch, we're giving away $200 in gift cards to small businesses like Caputo's, Normal Ice Cream, Gear 30, and Time and Place, all of which have online stores. So if you want to sign up to win those gift cards head over to holyhiveutah.com. So before we jump into news, let's get an update on what's going on with the COVID-19 pandemic in Utah. Uh, Dan, I don't know about you. I've been, I feel like there's been a, a small veil of optimism ever since Thanksgiving ended, or am I just being dumb and naive? I mean, I don't know if I would call it optimism so much as surprise, at least from, from my corner on the COVID corner. Um, uh-huh. Just in terms of the fact, like, we haven't had a significant bump in numbers since Thanksgiving mm-hmm. happened, which I think that everybody who who had even, like, a modicum of information thought, oh, we're going to have a significant spike after this. But, yeah. but really, it, we've, we've maintained kind of, kind of the same general area of numbers. So, like, on the, on the lead up to Thanksgiving, we were averaging, our seven-day average for cases was... 3,284. This is on the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Um, and that was with a percent positive of 23%. And as of Tuesday, December 8th, um, our seven-day average is less, 3,101 cases. And our percent positive is higher at 27%. But but that is that was surprising to me. I assume you're surprised as well by the, by yeah. the kind of plateau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely thought, especially with kind of what Thanksgiving is as a holiday, that we were going to see kind of another huge spike. Yeah. I guess I overestimated it a little bit. Um, still, like, something really to take seriously. It's not like we're, we're getting to the point where we should open stuff up again. Well, yeah. And, yeah. Absolutely. I and mean, I, just yeah. like given, like, in the two weeks since we have recorded a podcast, hope you guys missed us, mm-hmm. um, Utah <laughs> has seen, like, 37,000 more cases and 164 mm-hmm. more deaths. So, I mean, like, it is definitely not like, hey, let's all fuck around yeah. for Christmas since we didn't have a huge yeah. spike on Thanksgiving. But it yeah. is it is surprising. Yeah, and I, I'm, like, trying to get – I'm trying to, like – create positive milestones in my life that I can look forward to. Cause I know we're probably looking at next summer for a vaccine, even though we can say like as part of COVID corner this week, people started getting vaccines, maybe not here, but all over the world. 
they yeah. started deploying vaccines on people. Um, so we're, we're getting there. But I, I still think it's a few, quite a while, actually probably about five or six months out until everyone's really, you know, it's thoroughly gotten into the community. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, when can I go rock climbing again? And rock climbing is done in a gym with people around and they have rules. Like I think it used to be like you couldn't take off your mask until you were actively on the wall. Now they're like, you have to wear your mask all the time on the wall, off the wall, whatever. And uh, while I appreciate those, those measures, I'm like, I'm not going to the gym (laughs) for a while, at least until the numbers get down. And the crazy thing is, is like, I don't even need them to be gone. I just need them to be down. So the risk is like substantially lower than it has been. And so, like, in, in trying to gauge where that milestone will be, I'm like, it's probably going to be after New Year's. I'm, like, I'm probably going to have to wait out the rest of the holidays to, uh, um, you know, safely feel like I'm, I'm, I'm safe again. But, again, that's going to just be based on the, the number of positive cases that we get. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy that we didn't get a huge spike, but man, we need to, we need to start moving in the other direction. Yeah. Now. <laughs> I mean, and it is all relative, you know what I mean? Like, I remember back in July when we were getting like 800 cases and I was flipping my yeah. lid like scared. I know. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, we're in 3,000. And it's like, hey, we didn't get a big spike. I mean, we're in a big spike. So yeah, yeah. like it all it yeah. all is relative. And that is kind of the, I like that you said that because it's, it's kind of funny how we define like what a spike is. It's like we could have 2,000 cases on Monday and then 5,000 cases on Tuesday and then 1,000 on Wednesday. And we're like, we just had a huge spike. It's like, no, this is one big like month-long spike yeah. that we're in. It's actually probably been, what, when did it start really going up? Like early October? Early September. Labor Day was the early real, September. Labor Day was the real uh, banger, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, uh, you know, January and February are kind of thought to be the, the slow, boring months. Um, of the year, so hopefully that adds to people staying indoors and yeah. not being too social. And um, yeah, at this point, I'm just like looking at Christmas and New Year's is like I don't, I don't know what to say anymore. Get it out of your system because we <laughs> after this we got to figure shit out. <laughs> All right, let's uh, move on to news. Uh, our first story comes out of Morgan, Utah. I don't think we talked about Morgan on this podcast yet. There's a reason for that. Yeah. <laughs> I like Morgan. I had some family that lived up in Morgan, so pretty pretty area right there, kind of in the canyon. I actually really like them. Morgan, too, but I also yeah. like holding a grudge, and they, like, kicked my football team out of the playoffs when I, like, the one <laughs> year I played oh, football. So this is some, like, deep-seated trauma this is with, some, associated like, with Morgan. This is some, like, fifth-grade shit. <laughs> well, uh, in Morgan, uh, the uh, feds have sued a small grocer, uh, called Ridley's. It's, it's a small grocery with a pharmacy in it. And uh, they sued them because an investigation revealed that um, some opioid prescriptions looked a little suspect coming out of the pharmacy there. Um, and that they uh, they had a bunch of subscriptions written to family members of the employees. And what they found, uh, well, what, what the court documents are claim, claiming uh, are that a single married couple received nearly 15,000 tablets of... Uh, Carisoprodol, I don't know how to, how to pronounce that properly, hydrocodone and oxycodone. So heavy shit. Yeah. 15,000 within a span of less than two years. And some people have done the math on this. That's like, that's like taking like 15, 16 pills a day in that time frame. That's some crazy um, And stuff. this is like heavy shit too. Yeah. Uh, so Ridley's, uh, the pharmacy released a statement denying the charges and declaring their intent 
to fight this too vehemently. Um, so they say this is there's there's nothing funny, and they're actually <laughs> they, I like how they stated it because they said they were like disappointed that the feds were suing them. They're like, oh, this is this is a bummer, and we hate to see it. You know, it's just it's just really sad that this is happening to us. Um, the disappointed but, parent. <clears throat> yeah, it was like a disappointed parent. It's like you really gonna do us like this? Um, but I think. Uh, so this is, I, I read this and I think this is an instance where maybe the pharmacy itself, like, I don't think Ridley's is a, like a, a, a front for a drug operation, but you know, maybe there are some over, there's some oversight that's not being looked at or taken care of properly. And so it allows people that work in the pharmacy to kind of like abuse this type of thing. Um, but I was like reading, reading some of the, the reactions on, on the internet. And again, I think I got this, this article from KSL. And so if you go into those comments, it's just a shit storm. Yeah. <laughs> but people were like blaming the, the drug abusers. They're like, it's, it's, it's opioid addicts faults that this is happening. And it's like, I mean, who's, who's in charge, the doctor writing the prescription or the, the person getting the prescription, you know? Yeah, truly. And, I uh, mean, like and, there's always personal accountability in, in every, in every situation, but like uh-huh. even, even on a company level, like I, I do find yeah. it interesting that like the company itself is facing charges and not individuals. Cause like companies, yeah. companies don't commit crimes. I think that people do. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know, like, I think that this, this is just, it, it goes even well past you know, not to go on a tirade or anything, but it goes well past the person. It goes past the company, and it goes all the way up to the creator. You know, like these, yeah, these uh, these pill pushing companies that just kind of like profit off of addiction are are pretty gross yeah. in general. So yeah, and I think there's there's kind of an attitude out there that like, uh, you know, we should we we should be able to handle ourselves. Why why are the feds coming in and suing the small chain? And there is like kind of this attitude that like federal government is like this monolith devil thing and it's like you know if utah was hadn't had enough uh regulations in place and they could monitor things like this going on in their state and they had laws against uh how prescriptions could be prescribed um or how they're monitored then we probably wouldn't need the federal government to get involved um so part of it is like it's kind of on us it's like every every state has different um problem not not necessarily I, i'm sure every state has an opioid problem like opioid addiction is such a huge thing in this country um but there's different levels of it and utah has been kind of on the bad side of those in the past and there's states that don't have a very very small minute opioid problem and it's probably because they're running that state a little bit better than we are um so yeah that's uh that's i mean morgan's on the board for the holy hive show <laughs> i'm sorry it had to be this but uh Handle your stuff, Morgan. <laughs> Don't worry. They get shouted out in a... There's a company that I'm going to shout out from Morgan in the, the, the guide, so... Later in the in the podcast? Okay, cool. Worry not. A um, little bit of good news. So last month, uh, I think we were originally going to talk about this when it happened last month, but I think we skipped it. But uh, last month, Fremont Island, uh, which is an island in the Great Salt Lake, in the northern part, kind of adjacent with Ogden in Weber County. Um, uh, Fremont Island was acquired from a commercial developer by uh, the Nature Conservancy uh, with the help of an anonymous uh, conservation buyer. Now they've struck an agreement with the Utah State Division of Forest Fires and State Land to manage uh, manage the land for public use, uh, marking the first time Fremont Island has been held publicly since its settlement in the 1800s. That's crazy. So yeah, basically this 
company came in last month, early last month, and acquired this. Uh, it was going to be used as like a, a development. So it was just like this little island in the Great Salt Lake. I don't know why would anyone would want to live on an island in the Great Salt Lake, no. which is probably why this didn't go through. Um, but they were going to build like 15,000 houses on this island in the Great Salt Lake. And yeah. um, so this, this, the, the Nature Conservancy comes along and they're like, uh, we're going we're gonna to buy this from you guys and, and put it into public hands. And that's what they did. And this week marked the accomplishment of that goal. And so... Uh, now the island will be open for uh, recreational use, non-motorized recreational use, such as hiking, biking, bird watching, and picnicking. Do you do you have any kind of a relationship with Fremont Island? No, I, I didn't know it existed before I saw the uh, the original news story last month that you mentioned. And really, I honestly didn't know it was adjacent to Ogden, Weber County area until you just said it ten seconds ago. Um, That's so bizarre to me because. We grew up in the same town, mm-hmm. in in Roy, and it's literally adjacent. Like it's it's if if the Great Salt Lake dried up tomorrow, Fremont Island would be part of Hooper, like it's that close to it. Yeah, and I my one of my favorite things about Roy, and I don't know why. Like I like I I always latch onto this, and every time I go back to Roy, I want to see it. But if you go. Now, this is so niche for anyone that has never been to Roy, but there's a there's a street, a, a main street called 5600, and there's an overpass that goes over a train uh, train track. And if you go to the top of that overpass, you can see the Great Salt Lake mm-hmm. um, from up there. And then you can see the island and, like, a little bit of water that divides the, the island from the land that we're currently on. And when the sun gets right down there behind it, it's like an insane view. Um but I've never I, been to Fremont Island. I definitely have seen the view that you're talking about. So maybe mm-hmm. I'm just forgetting some big part of yeah. my childhood <laughs> in Roy. But like really, yeah. I just – it did not strike any sort of chord when I first read it. My big thing with yeah. the the 15,000 houses that you mentioned, like you know those days when it, everything just kind of smells bad because like you're getting the Salt Lake like wafting up into your nose? Like can you yeah. imagine a day like that if you lived on the lake just like – no, yeah. All the time, smelling sulfur. Yeah, Eesh. yeah, yeah. And there's like, the, and it, yeah, it happens in phases. There's like, uh, I even saw a news story this week that said that there was like this brown sheen that's taking over the Great Salt Lake because it's sh- a bunch of shrimp laying eggs. Yeah. And like that shit rots eventually. Yeah. <laughs> we have to smell <laughs> it if you live close to it. Like that's that's kind of what Saltaire is infamous for. Is like you go to a concert there, it kind of stinks sometimes if you're outside. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know why anyone would want to live there. Um, sounds pretty cool for visiting, though. Depending on, on on how you get there, I didn't know you could get there. I ha- I heard this thing when I was younger that like every now and then the lake would get low enough that there would be a land bridge that mm. you could walk over there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't. Ha- I don't really. Ha- I-, I liked looking at Fremont Island from the overpass when I was a kid, but uh, I've never been there. And I kind of have a feeling that it'll become part <laughs> of just Weber County as the Great Salt Lake dries up. Yeah. Um, but I do have some fun facts about Fremont Island that I found while I was doing research for this. Hit me. I um, love fun. So nicknames, the other other names that the island has been called, Castle Island, Coffin Island, and I'm not sure why this one uh, exists, but it's also been called Disappointment Island. <laughs> okay. I don't know if it's uh, – maybe it's because someone went there and they thought they were going to have, like, this nice private paradise, and then they, they figured out how, how bad it smelled. And they were just like, oh, this is salt, right like, by Hooper. Yeah. <laughs> Shots fired at Hooper. Um, the island was once used uh, to farm exotic animals for unique hunting experiences. That's 
weird as shit to me. Yeah, it's like some most dangerous game uh, behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's weird. They were like raising elephants on Fremont Island to be hunted. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> in 1962, Brigham Young exiled a grave robber named Jean Baptiste to the island. Shortly after uh, after he was exiled, a slaughtered cow that had been tanned was found by local farmers. Some say Baptiste was trying to create materials for a makeshift, a makeshift escape raft, but his fate is still unknown to this day. Wow. He sounds like yeah, a badass. Yeah, with that name? Yeah, Jean-Baptiste. Jean-Baptiste. Yeah, he's a grave robber. Just went around digging up graves and treasure. A lot of treasure stories in Salt Lake. Like Truly. A lot of our history has to do with treasures. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Okay, so speaking of uh, uh, conservation, a local group of bar owners have just celebrated the grand reopening of a Utah icon, the Cotton Bottom. Known for their garlic burgers and small, humble establishment, the uh, Cotton Bottom has been in the hearts of Utah since they opened in 1966. Uh, The Bar X Group acquired the property late last year, and they closed it in March so they could uh, start a renovating project that's been kind of happening all year during the pandemic. Um, and they just recently opened it last week. So their new renovation includes an updated interior, new bathrooms and kitchen. Plus, they've expanded the outdoor patio area um, to has more seating and a to-go window to allow patrons under 21 to enjoy their full menu. And I think that's kind of the biggest divergence from the old Cotton Bottom is like they had this full menu now. Um, they have a liquor license, so it, that changes up the way that they can serve drinks and um, just the, the the accessibility. So like when I when I grew up, I remember my dad, like my dad's obsessed with a cotton bottom. In fact, yeah. he's kind of like psychotically obsessed, obsessed with it <laughs> to where I was talking to him about this project. And he's like, man, if they get rid of the old fryer, he's like that, they need to keep the old, the old grill that they used to cook those garlic burgers on because of how, how well it's seasoned with like garlic powder and stuff like that. I'm like, you need to calm down. Um, <laughs> but uh, I remember him taking me there when I was, when I was younger and like he would have to go in get the garlic burgers, come out, and we'd eat them in the car or whatever. And and now you can actually go there and, like, sit on the patio or do whatever. Uh, enjoy the menu. The whole family can. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, that's exciting stuff. I'm uh, I'm excited to try it out once spring comes by and I uh, can mm-hmm. go sit on the patio. But yeah, I uh, I was when I was reading the story, I noticed that the Bar X group purchased it from the city. So, mm-hmm. like, the city owned the Cotton Bottom, and I found that to be uh, – kind of interesting because that means yeah. that the city owned a couple of my favorite places to eat because i think salt lake owns uh, pretty bird as well i believe that that oh, is really? a city-owned place i mean i could be way wrong someone's gonna come mm. at us in the comments and tell me i'm an idiot but, <laughs> but yeah. yeah so i think yeah and i think i think the 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 city didn't know what to do with it so they they opened it up for bids so they're like if someone wants to buy this and do something with it let us know what you want to do with it um, and I was actually able to talk to uh, Jeff Barnard, one of the guys from the uh, group, the Bar X group, back in October about what he was doing. And um, when I talked to him, obviously the Bar X group is the group that bought Bar X, and then they expanded into Beer Bar, which is next door, and then uh, more recently bought the eating establishment in Park City, and now the Cotton Bottom. And what Jeff told me was that his group is really interested in finding these pieces of Utah iconography and preserving them. Um, while kind of updating them. He w- we were talking about how, like, a lot of businesses aren't updating what they're doing, and so they're they're struggling. And what these guys are really good at is, is coming into these 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 Utah haunts 
and preserving what makes them cool while updating them so they can actually attract more customers. Um, and I think, I think that's like an important job in our local restaurant scene because, you know, at the end of the day, it could become a Burger King and that's not really fun for anyone. Yeah, um, uh, exactly. I think the biggest, yeah, I, uh, yeah. the biggest change that I'm kind of interested in is I guess there's a front door that you enter in now. Like every time I've been there, you just kind of walk through the kitchen in the back to get, yeah. <laughs> to get into the seating. So that's, that's yeah. fun. Yeah. And I know there's probably going to be, I mean, I mentioned my dad and his, and his, uh, religious relationship to that grill that's in, in the cotton bottom. I think there is a group of people that probably remember it fondly from, you know, their college days uh, way back when, and, and, and they want that preserved kind of dive experience. Mm-hmm. And I, I myself have an affinity for like those types of places, like they're fun and they're just like kind of chill. But, um, I think, and I think maybe a lot of them, a lot of these people will think of all the updates as like, oh, it's too flashy. It's not the same cotton bottom or whatever. But I think they've, they, from, from what I've seen, I haven't been there yet, but I've looked at the pictures of the interiors and stuff like that. It still looks like the cotton bottom. And, um, uh, I read also in the, in the article that the Salt Lake Tribune did, they, they still have the same, uh, uh, fry cook, like the same woman that makes the garlic burgers running the grill there. So she's still making the garlic burgers there. So like, and she's been there for like over 20 years. So, I mean, this should kind of prove their commitment to preserving that, that unique experience. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm excited to check it out. Okay. So right now we're in the middle of the biggest shopping season of the year. And, um, we kind of wanted to do our part to persuade shoppers to keep their money in our local community. Um, so we're proud to present the Holy Hive 2020 Small Biz Bible. Now, this is going to kind of coincide with uh, a piece of content that we're putting out on our website that you can check out this week, holyhive.com. Um, but essentially, it's a guide that we're creating to kind of uh, highlight a lot of the local businesses between, you know, northern Utah and southern Utah, anywhere, whatever, wherever you live, you can find somewhere to shop in this guide. Um, and uh what we're going to do here is we're going to kind of pick apart some of our favorites, some of the places that we really like. Um, if you want to check out the full guide, it's a lot more expansive, has a lot more um, suggestions as far as stores and stuff like that. But uh, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to take three different departments, and Dan's going to take three different departments. So we're going to start with apparel, and I'm going to take the lead on this, and then we'll kind of just go back and forth through these. Oh, right? yeah. All right. So apparel. Um, and again, I'm talk- we're talking about clothing here, but... And, and everyone's going to have different opinions about what clothing they like and stuff. This is just my suggestion. In the actual guide, we've uh, tried to expand to even things that we're not into. Like, you know, obviously our our opinion about women's clothing isn't going to be, you know, very nuanced or It's not uh, super robust. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But as far as the stuff that I'm into, like right now I'm like really into graphic tees. I've started – this is just one of those dumb things that I started collecting in the pandemic because I'm bored. Uh, but I love graphic t-shirts, specifically shirts that are kind of associated with pieces of pop culture that I really like. Uh, so small shops that kind of collect graphic tees, like their pieces of art have been like really interesting to me. And those types of shops have been popping up a lot more where it's like more curated thrift and it's it's really cool. Um, so there's a shop in Salt Lake called Vantage and this is a shop, um, that curates and sells vintage clothing, which basically ensures a unique experience. So you know, the more you shop at these types of places, the less likely le- less likely you are to run into someone that has, like, your same shirt. You know, you're not at a party and three people have the same H&M button up. And uh, you can find really cool stuff there. 
Um, so I highly recommend uh, checking out Vantage. I believe they have an online store, but they also have a brick and mortar downtown. Um, yeah. Also, shout out to the little guys. Avenues PC, a small streetwear brand that also dabbles in like events and pop-ups and stuff. And they're uh, closely associated with another street uh, streetwear brand, Home Runners. Um, go check out their shop. They have a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, they do kind of really small drops, so you have to be really fast and get on top of them as soon as they announce stuff. I'm, I'm sure uh, you can follow them on Instagram, or you can follow them on Instagram, and that's how you're going to find out about the drops. But uh, good like streetwear, athleisure stuff that uh, is, is kind of blended with this um, – I would. Say, I don't know if it's cynical, but it's it's an interesting kind of uh, uh, blend of like streetwear and Utah sensibilities. Yeah, you know? yeah. I really like stuff like that. Any any apparel places you like? I mean, just off the top of my head, there was well when I was looking around, there was a uh, this place called Ruby Relics, um, and uh-huh. that is the Morgan place I was talking about. I mean, they're an online yeah. distributor that, but they just they live and operate outside of their home in Morgan. Um, and Ruby relics is like a really interesting thing. So they have these really, really well-designed shirts. Like I love, Mm -hmm. it's almost like if I could describe it, it would be almost like traditional tattoo designs, but kind of slapped onto a, uh, a t-shirt. Um, and that's just what they design, but they're, I think that their biggest kind of calling card is that they, they customize your wardrobe for you. So you can send these people your own clothes if you got like a mm-hmm. blank white shirt or if you got that H&M shirt that everybody else has. You could just send <laughs> it to them and either choose a and design from it. their catalog, tell them a design that you want, and they'll just send it back to you with that professionally screen printed on it. And so I just yeah. really thought that that was like a fun a fun idea and a, yeah. and, a, and a fun way to go about things. And then also just personally some friends from from roy have a great a great um company called modern with two t's not a d and uh and they they uh, they do kind of similar stuff actually just in terms of like a really an Mm -hmm. edgier kind of alternative design style um and they got some fun tie-dye and and what have you so those are the only uh things that i wanted to really shout out during the the apparel section yeah, that's my that, that kind of clothing is my jam, and I and I think it's interesting, especially with apparel companies. As I was like, as, as we were kind of like putting this guide together. I, I noticed that uh, apparel specifically has been getting there like this influx of like single person distributors, where it's like a single person making all this stuff, yeah, or a couple people, you know, and and it's like it's like they apparel can really operate on these really small um, groups of people, and that's like where all the coolest stuff is coming from is like exactly. these small groups. Um, so if you're, I mean, like if you, if you legitimately want to beef up your wardrobe and make it look awesome, it's going to look more unique the smaller that you shop. So check out some of the places in Salt Lake. Um, all right, Dan, you have electronics. Let's talk about electronics. Let's talk about electronics. I mean, <laughs> Circuit City's gone. All these, all these great mainstays <laughs> of yesteryear are gone. Media so play. To, exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But really, the pandemic, you know, has everybody that I know personally picking up a new hobby, whether it's like bread baking or coffee making, like you've you've mm-hmm. talked about in the past. Um, and I just feel like one thing that needs always could use more people is just musicians, man. So like, I wanted yeah. to shout out my selection for electronics is just guitars are um, yeah. just a great guitar shop and and repair place where they've repaired mm-hmm. my guitars a couple of times because I. Uh, sometimes get a little too clumsy with my equipment 
Um, and they're yeah. always a super friendly staff. They've got a great selection mm-hmm. of new and used stuff that you can you can kind of look through on their website. And if you decide you want something, you go pick it up in Murray and, and call it yeah. good. Because, I mean, you could always buy like an ugly blue acoustic guitar off of Amazon or you could mm-hmm. buy an ugly blue acoustic guitar from a local retailer and kind of support yeah. your community, you know? Yeah. And 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 the the thing that I love about places like Guitars are is that there's like a culture around it. Not only are the staff completely engrossed in in guitars and gear and stuff like that, but all the people that outside of their operation that are engrossed in that stuff are there hanging out, talking to people. And it's funny. So uh, our friend Taggart, who is known in our friend group for being a guitar enthusiast. Yeah. <laughs> um, like I, I hadn't been to Guitars R uh, at all since uh, until I think late last year or maybe it was early this year. But um, I went to get some strings uh, to put on this acoustic guitar that I have. And I show up and Taggart's walking out of guitars are the, the, the guy in our friend group that talks about guitars all the time. And, uh, and you just see him there and, and like, that's what it's like. It's like, if you want to talk about guitars, even if you don't want to buy anything, if you just go there and talk to the people, they're going to have fun talking to you about gear. And that's the experience that you get at these smaller shops. Um, and uh, kind of on the same, the same wavelength with electronics, uh, TV specialists is a small electronics store here. And if you want to talk picture, if you want to talk, you know, the, the differences in dynamic range and flat screen TVs, you're going to get a more kind of enthusiastic and nuanced discussion from the dudes that work in that shop than if you went to Best Buy or something like that. Absolutely. So, yeah, you honestly do. It's not just like, oh, we're here's this, this one has more pixels than that one. And I'm, I'm just reading the spec sheets on all this. It's like, Nah, man, I've tried all these TVs. This is the one you really want. Um, so yeah, you got to get the the blackest of blacks out of that TV. Yeah, <laughs> that is what you want. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just a quick, uh, a couple other quick ones, just because uh, you know it's our podcast. We get to do what we want. The yeah. <laughs> uh, you know Picture Line and Acme Camera Company are just two places that have like on a personal level helped me out in so many ways, both personally mm-hmm. trying to get the images and videos that I want to create, and then on a professional level when I'm renting equipment to shoot something. Um, those guys yeah. have always just been so friendly at, at both mm-hmm. shops. So yeah. Yeah, if you have a photographer or someone that's into uh, video production or any kind of media like that, like go to Picture Line Acme. Acme, I had a great experience with them recently because I wanted to try out film uh, photography with actual film. Yeah. And they specialize in a lot of vintage cameras and stuff like that. And um, so I went there, I rented an old camera, and I took it out for a few weeks and shot like three rolls of film and then uh, developed it through them. And it was awesome. And it was it, like, again, when you go in there and you talk to them about film and the people there have an opinion about whatever it is you want to talk about. And you can get really, you can have really nuanced discussions about whatever hobby or yeah, anything like that. So even like, I think the thing that we're talking about with all these like smaller shops is that the shopping experience is a lot better and you're probably going to get a more enthusiastic approach to the stuff that you're buying rather than someone that's just trying to hit like a sales quota at Best Buy or something. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So moving on to the next category, which is home and kitchen. So I'm not really like the decorative type. 
I I basically settle for uh, prints, pop culture prints from artists that I like or like movie posters, throw them up on the wall, and I'm like, okay, we're good there, you know. So I'm I, I guess my my decoration is very man cavey, <laughs> but it's just like movie posters and art prints. But um, so home, home decor stuff is not really my wheelhouse, and I'm not really good at speaking on. However, I do want to plug and give an endorsement to Pith Studios in Ogden. Pith Studios is a really, really cool company, which is essentially just like a group of really creative woodworkers. And uh, I think they they make their their bread and butter off of like big wood installations that they do in like businesses and homes and stuff like that. But they also make a lot of cool consumer products that they sell out of their studio. Um, and I own one of their cutting boards, and it's this like really cool dark wood cutting board, and I love using it. I, I love it as a tool in my kitchen. Uh, it looks cool just sitting in my kitchen. Um, and it's just like one of those things that I like taking care of because I can, I can keep it for life, you know? Um, so if you like the wood aesthetic and you're really into buying kind of unique handmade stuff, uh, check out Pith Studios. And I think you can find them online at pithstudios.com. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, I, woodworking is something that like I'll always want to, to like do, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It always looks like the most relaxing and and uh, stress relieving time possible. Um, yeah. And all of the items, like you said, like it's like, oh, I have this cutting board and it's probably just going to last my whole life now. It's just like, yeah, there's this permanence to it that I really, really yeah. love. But I guess uh, eighth grade shop glass is probably going to be the extent of my woodworking uh, in, yeah. <laughs> in life. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to uh, local art and media, which is your category. Yeah, so I was when I first like was looking over the rundown and saw that this was one of my categories, I was like, "Oh man, I have no idea what to do with this." Honestly, like past Gray Whale, which I love. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I didn't want to just like shout out like uh, my my friends that were artists, you know, and have people go to their to their pages. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I was really kind of scrambling to figure out what to do. And then my girlfriend mentioned that I had been perusing Craft Lake City recently. And uh, I was like, oh, that's a great place to go look. And instead mm-hmm. of actually just saying Craft Lake City is where you should go, you go to their holiday market, which is what I have found on their website. And, man, they just have multiple pages of, of local artisans, whether they be candle makers or print makers mm-hmm. or, you know, just craftspeople in general making making purses and anything you can really think of. And... uh there's some great, great stuff on there. I, I've personally just since I found this this page a few days ago, like I've gotten a few Christmas gifts myself from there. So, so it's exciting. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's and it's great when you find kind of uh, the those single source gifts where you know it came from one specific person. Because not only you like get it, you can get into someone's art that way. You can. You know, you buy something from someone and then you start following what they're doing all the time and you want to start collecting more of their stuff. Um, but the real benefit to this is like, again, if you're, if there's a difference between buying something at like a home goods store. Again, it's a, it's a reprinted, re, it's, it's something that exists in every home goods store across the country, you know? And yeah. if you go, if you go to Craft Lake City, you can get something really, really unique, but also the money that you spend is literally putting food on someone's table for and sure not just being you know thrown into a corporation um not to get all hippy dippy and stuff about that but like <laughs> that's exactly what we're trying to do here is like yeah. we're trying like put your money to work in your community and uh and and buying art from local artists is a great way to do that 
Yeah, and I mean, even past that, like just on their website, they have they have kind of like you were talking about doing at home cooking classes. Uh, they have like yeah. virtual crafting courses that you could take, where mm-hmm. whether it's like candle making or whatever, you know, they've got quite a few offerings on there that that you can look into. Did you have any uh, any arts or artisan dealers that you wanted to shout out? No, yeah, I think I, I kind of le- was leaning the same way, which is like. Uh, uh, local, like pe- literally people yeah. around the community that I know that do art and stuff like that. And it's hard to point to s- people specifically without leaving other people out. So I think that what you said was a great resource for finding those, uh, finding people that are, are making stuff locally. Um, I also like in, in our uh, full rundown, we talk about uh, Salt Lake Film Society. And though we can't go to movies right now, uh, I'm sure there are a lot of movie lovers out there who love going to our local theaters and seeing the um, seeing the film slate less traveled, seeing the indie movies that don't make it to Megaplex and Cinemark and stuff like that. And uh, them being a very important institution for that type of film going, uh, it's, it's, I think it's important that film goers maybe look into buying gift cards from Salt Lake Film Society and supporting them that way or buying a membership which, you know, I don't know when things will open up, but most of their memberships include tickets to their movies and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, so and they even, to... they do have digital offerings, you know, at their SLFS mm-hmm. at yeah. home. Uh, like I know yeah. that this weekend, if you're, if you're tuning in before the weekend, they're having a, a Wong Kar Wai kind of like screening marathon. So oh, cool. go, go check out some, some fun stuff, you know? Yeah. So yeah, support support local cinema, support uh, local artists. Okay, uh, my next category: outdoors. <clears throat> so uh, again, I'm I'm kind of this is kind of very biased, and I know this won't appeal to everyone that's listening, but I gotta plug skate shops. Um, the skate shop that I'm plugging right now is Salty Peaks. So Salty Peaks has been kind of a staple in the Salt Lake Valley since I think the mid '90s, and they're still doing a great job. And uh, right before the pandemic. I, in my in my uh, naive optimism for the year, I was like, I want to start skateboarding again because I grew up skateboarding and I've, I've, I've loved it my entire life. And um, so I was like, I'm going to go buy a new skateboard. So I went to Salty Peaks and I spent like an hour in there again. Uh, most of it was spent just talking about skateboarding with the, the staff there. And, um, and then I took my time like going through, picking my deck out, picking all, all the hardware out for my skateboard. And it was like an experience and it was really fun. Um, and I think that's uh, that the experience of buying a skateboard there is going to be different than if you go to like a Zoomies or something like that. For um, sure. But uh, if you're into skateboarding or snowboarding, they're kind of a skate and snow shop, so they deal with both. Or if you're just kind of like into skate brands and skate apparel, um, they carry all those brands and they sell a lot of cool clothing too. So uh, Salty Peaks, I believe they now have an online store too, so you can check them out online. Um, also, for gearheads, more kind of outdoorsy camping mountain types, uh, Gear 30 in Ogden, uh, if you're someone who goes to REI a lot, and consider giving Gear 30 a look. They're like a smaller outdoor gear retailer, uh, so they, they probably have less selection than somewhere like REI, but they deal with a lot of reputable companies, and the people there just like know what they're talking about, and they're all, all the people that work at these, these places are gearheads. Um, and so if you do any outdoor activities, if you do any camping or uh, climbing or anything like that, check out Gear 30 in Ogden. Yeah, and I just I just want to personally shout out Gear 30 as always having 
and they have an appealing just right right from their window you know what i mean every time i've gone to slackwater mm-hmm. i just kind of peek in there and it's like yeah and that's in, that's intriguing yeah. stuff you know and I'd, I'd also yeah that, that that block right there that they exist on on washington boulevard in ogden is like for some reason turned into like this little mecca for outdoor people like you have slackwater right there which has like this weird outdoor vibe and it kind of appeals to, to, to mountain rats. And then 100%. just behind, yeah, just adjacent from it, there's the front climbing club in Ogden. And, and so it's funny how, how that little area in Ogden has really kind of been a haven for the outdoor culture there. For sure. And I just want to shout out really quick, uh, Cranky's bikes, you know, they're up, up, up by the U. Um, one thing that I, and maybe this is just my own insecurity talking, but one thing about outdoor <laughs> retailers like whether it's a skate shop, bike shop, mountain shop type place, like I always feel so intimidated talking to people there because yeah. they're so quick to, I don't know, like maybe scuzz, scuzz at you because you don't have like the top end gear or they, yeah. you know, or, or <laughs> you're asking a stupid question because you're inexperienced. But every yeah. time I've been to Cranky's, like they are the opposite of Cranky. And, you know, they're all, yeah. they're all really friendly and popping off jokes. And, you know, even when I do ask a stupid question, I don't feel stupid for it because they just kind of take the air out of that sort of pressure. So, yeah, yeah. It's a good environment. For sure. All right. Let's talk about food and beverage. Now, this is different from, like, restaurants. We're not talking necessarily about restaurants. We're talking about food as catering or food as a gift for someone. Yeah, in terms of yeah. in terms of gift giving, you know, yeah, I my my first thought is just cookies, man. Like Utah, mm-hmm. Utah. I think Utah's got to have one of the biggest their one of their biggest exports have got to be cookies. I swear to God, like whether <laughs> yeah. it's chip or crumble or ruby snap, mm-hmm. like we just have cookies on yeah. every corner in Salt Lake. It seems. Yeah. And so it's, I, yeah, it's either it's 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 between cookies and like mixed sodas. <laughs> yeah, mixed yeah. sodas. And hey, even those mixed soda places sell pretty good cookies. So yeah, it's true. So I just I chose Ruby Snap just because it's my own personal favorite. They've got some yeah. some really uh, ingenious uh, cookie recipes where they you know whether mm-hmm. it's the the adding mango to a chocolate chip cookie or or just really puffing up a a nice peppermint cookie that I saw on their website yeah. when I was looking around that they have a chili chocolate cookie, which nice. is, is very intriguing, but something that would yeah. probably give me heartburn. <laughs> um, so yeah, just, you know, head on down to, to Ruby snap. They have, they have like bake at home options. If you want to make an activity mm-hmm. out of your snack and, and I just feel like cookies specifically are, are great and synonymous with, with Christmas and, and holidays in general. So yeah, yeah. Check them out. Yeah. Something, it's something that lasts too, if you box it up and you kind of hang on to it for a couple of days and sometimes, and, and it's, a, it's one of those, uh, snacks that evolves as, as it kind of ages, not saying that you should store away cookies for years or anything like that, but you know, the day four cookie when it's like got a little bit more of a crunch to it. Yeah. It is different than the, the soft cookie. So I think that's why they like make really great gifts. Um, I want to get some cookies now. Yeah, absolutely. I actually had to stop by crumble this past weekend just cause I was craving yeah. a cookie so bad. <laughs> but other than that, there is this company in park city, um, mm-hmm. that I just found out about today called the bartender box. And that's kind of what you were talking about where you're like almost kind of catering a bit. Like it's like, yeah. it's like these bark box, you know, subscription services, but it's just a uh-huh. one time 
you buy a box and it, you, you kind of pick your cocktail out and whether it's an old fashioned oh, cool. or, uh, you know, something like that, you, and then they'll send you all, all of the supplies you need other than the liquor, because this is Utah. So you have to provide your own yeah. liquor, but it gets mm. you all the, the instruments and the, the mixers and stuff. And, and that was just created, I think as a, as a means to, to stay afloat, you know, during the pandemic yeah. and all of that. So yeah, and it's it's funny because as soon as you mentioned that, I was like, man, imagine if we could sell liquor to go, how much our local bars could be profiting off of products like this that I are know. like full on, like, especially at this time of year, man, if it's like, I don't have to buy a bunch of supplies, I'm not going anywhere, I'm not having people over, but me and my household, we're going to have some drinks, so we're going to buy a couple of these boxes and, and have like a night of cocktails and stuff like that. Um, it's a shame. I, I, I know that's been in the news recently is their, their, their local bars are being more vocal about wanting to be able to, like wanting to sell, uh, alcohol off premises. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with that, but we hope that it moves in a positive direction. Um, yeah, I would hope so. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that would be amazing. Especially because I know the DABC is currently looking at like doing, uh online ordering and express pickup for their stores and like that's just like spitting in the face of your of your your local businesses man like to be able to be like oh we're gonna let people and i understand that it's a sealed bottle and all of that but you're gonna make it so much easier for a company that is just directly you know Mm -hmm. giving the state money as opposed to giving these retailers that are that are really struggling right now so yeah yeah, didn't mean to take a to take a, a political uh, 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 scenic route there, the, the political scenic route, um, but it's it's important. And the bar, t- the the thing is, the bartender box actually sounds really cool. It really does. Like, yeah, it could be. It you could, can it get could it shipped perfect. to you. You can have to. You could pick it up if you wanted to, and you could, mm-hmm. you know, practice your uh, your cosplay of of uh, the dude from Cheers. Why can't I think of his name right now? Ted Danson. You know, yeah, Ted Danson. <laughs> slap, slap that little rag over your shoulder. Mm. <laughs> I'm just imagining you in a kitchen with like an audience of stuffed animals, you know, and you just slide a glass over to a teddy bear, and you're like, "Rough day, huh?" <laughs> Tell me about it. You know, <laughs> open up. All right. Uh, as far as food and beverage, I did want to give a shout out to uh, Caputo's, which seems to be like my go-to for. Uh, I need. A, a charcuterie board or I need uh, or specifically to like the Salt Lake one, which has like a fish market connected to it. Um, you know, I need a special piece of meat or I need this or that, or I need, you know, bitters for my bar or a specific type of really good olive oil. Like Caputo's has basically <clears throat> anything you would want to like basically create an app, an appetizer spread. Um, they're like Italian oriented, but they sell like chocolates. They sell uh, imported oils and uh, cooking ingredients and pastas and stuff like that. Uh, so if you're if you're hosting anything for Christmas, I highly suggest checking out Caputo's. There's one in Holiday and Salt Lake, and I think there's another one, but I'm not sure. I didn't I didn't double check that, but Caputo's really cool. All right, so that's going to do it for uh, our, our – it's kind of our, our tease for the, the 2020 Small Business Bible. Like we said at the top, you can find the, the, the full version of the Small Business Bible in PDF format at our website, holyhiveutah.com. Uh, 
And if you, I, I know we don't really, like the thing about small businesses is they don't have like the same marketing budgets that larger businesses have. So it's very possible that we could have missed a lot of really cool businesses. Uh, and if we have, and you really, really want to promote a local business, uh, give us a shout out on our Instagram. Um, uh, there's a contact form on our website that you can reach us through or on Twitter. And we'll do our best to kind of catch those and, and connect them with our social medias and give shout outs to local businesses. Uh, we'll kind of like open up our feeds for the next week to do that. But if you want to check out the full version of the Small Business Bible, head over to holyhiveutah.com. Yeah, please check it out. I mean, I'm just to second what you're saying. Check out the yeah. the Bible. We worked pretty hard on it. It's a mm-hmm. it's it's a really fun and interactive. You can actually click through to to websites and to Instagram pages and whatnot. So so we're we're just trying to to scratch scratch the backs of some local businesses and we hope that you guys will all all join us in that. For sure. So uh, that's going to do it for us today. We uh, hope to see you next week. In the meantime, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Holy Hive Utah and check out uh, the newly finished website, holyhiveutah.com. Talk to you later. See ya.